Yeah, I remember what it was like to be uh, a, a program of stature, a program that's dominant, a program that has elite athletes, a program that is moving in the right direction, a program that is uh, capable of lopsided victory on days in which uh, there are stretches of play that are a little left to be desired. You know, I remember uh, what it's like to uh, try to frame that, to try to talk about that understanding that if you beat somebody 66 to 13, you ought not lead with what's bothering you. (laughs) You ought not lead with, yeah, but. But I remember having to do that because we always graded against the curve of championship-level football, winning a national championship, striving to be the best team in the country. Now, when it's not realistic, you can't do that. When it's unrealistic, when you just got a team that isn't that good, you can't do that. You can't nitpick. You got to take your wins and you got to embrace those wins and you go along for the ride and you talk about the climb and you get into the aspects of what it means to win and what that could do for you and if then and maybe this bowl and all those things. But at some point, you get beyond that. You get to a place where you start looking at aspects of a really elite football team. And we understand as grownups, the conversation is born from that, right? It's, it's okay, I'm talking to you now about the differences between winning a national championship and just being a good program that's going to go to a bowl. And what's surprising as we sit here today is how quickly we had to graduate to the latter, how we had to get to a place in our minds and then now with our eyes as we watch it, on the field against opposing teams as opposed to Tom and I and the rest of the staff here at Warchant watching practice against one another. We said, well, let's see them pitted against other teams who are trying to do something about it, other coaches who are paid handsomely to work real hard to game plan and take advantage of weaknesses, you know, those kinds of things. Then we'll know for sure that what we think we see, which is the elite football players kind of everywhere you look, And then we'll know, okay, can we have that conversation? Can we speak on this like adults? Can we talk about this in regards to winning a championship? And so I want to put the point of emphasis on that because it's really remarkable. I don't even think Jimbo, Tom, first of all, how you doing, buddy? Hello there. How are you? Good. I'm 2-0. How about you? Yeah, yeah. I don't even think. Tom, that Jimbo built to this this quickly. And what I mean is the Jimbo rise, we, you know, go bring me grown ass men, quote unquote, right after he took over the program, right? And pretty quickly you started to see recruiting take a huge uptick. And you went, okay, but it was going to take time because the transfer portal didn't exist. So you couldn't just take those players, plug and play, and win 12 games, 11 games, 10 games. You knew, all right, we're going to build to this, we're going to add to this, we're going to build to this and add to this. There were things that were improved upon, the way they practiced, the advancements in technology, the things they utilized that they weren't utilizing under Coach Bowden at the end of his career. And you could see the big step forward, the surge in the program, but there was a ways to go. What's interesting here is that you have an unprecedented COVID season. Like, how the hell do you judge that? Nobody really can. I think we all look back and go, I I don't know what to do with that. I mean, I know a lot of people thought Mel Tucker was the guy right after the COVID season. Oops, looks like Mel Tucker's got problems. So Four Cause is his nickname now. Yeah, so so you had those things, right? And then I was like, careful, careful, careful about what we take away from those seasons. 
And then, you know, you're just slowly building this thing, trying to raise the floor and you go five and seven and people get upset. And then you go 10 and three and all of a sudden you're buoyed, you're bolstered and you think, okay, I think they're good. I think they've done a lot to fill the holes. I think they're about to win a lot of games. It looks like that we can have expectations, real high expectations, but I wasn't sure that we could say maybe they can win the national championship. But now I kind of think they could win the national championship. And because I think they could win the national championship, I'm going to demand of them the same things that, at least when we talk about them, the same things that Mike Norvell does. And Mike Norvell's attitude these last two weeks and the conversation and the talking points and the things he doesn't always say, but you can see wash over his face when he's thinking about it, the way he calls the game, you can tell he knows. I think Ira wrote about this in his 3 one He's right about this, I think, and that is that he knows this team's really good and he's going to continue. We talked about how much he'll push them. He pushed them in a short week. They looked tired and rusty and they had problems coming out the gates, but he knows they can be special. So the demands are higher on things that can be special or people that are special. You got to, you got to command that of them to get the most out of their abilities. And the cool thing for us is to have this adult conversation about how they haven't played well. And they're two and Oh, and they are dominating people. It's remarkable to watch. Florida State is at a place right now where you can just assume they're going to score. Well, first of all, you can assume that they're going to score 35 or more every time they go out because they have, whatever, eight games in a row. That's what they do. They're going to score. They have too much talent, and he's a really good play caller. They just, they've got a lot that they can turn to. There are options galore. And, you know, that's the most points Florida State has scored under Mike Norvell, 66. And they were able to play a gazillion people. Um, by the way, that I shouldn't just poo-poo the idea that they're going to score 35 points. Eight straight games of scoring 35 points is the longest streak in the nation. No other team in the country's done that. So I don't want to ignore that. Like, that's a thing. Florida State now has the longest streak of 35-plus point games in a row. Uh, that's doing some things. That's doing some things. And yet I do think there's a laundry list of complaints about this game that we could have. And I know you and me, I know how we are. I know that you and I engage from the standpoint of, yeah, but man, there was some Mickey mouse out there on Saturday night. There was some nonsense in that first half running around because you're a vastly superior athlete not a real play that's not even a play you just draw that up and run around like an ass and it works okay that's not real that's not sustainable against anybody who's any good yeah the toe feely throw is um not gonna work and then i thought actually the slide on the second one might have been a little early they never measured that there was a timeout after it it's still a silly the whole thing is dumb we did this with brady and the bucks you're changing the nature of the conversation Mm -hmm. if Jameis had returned for that next season and they were continuing to get better it's about okay how much better are you? Can you make the playoffs in the NFL? This has gone from zero to 60. I've been a playoff or bust guy. I think the playoffs should have been the barometer to, you know, say whether this was a successful well, season. It certainly is now. But now I'm starting to believe this is a national championship run right. that they have in it. It's, it's possible. They're but, one of the teams, a handful of teams that you'd say that about. But you're correct. Having to go for it on fourth down and doing so, you wouldn't do that against Clemson. Fourth well, of course and 10, no. fourth and five in the spots of the field that you go for. Like, I get that's a psychological message. Don't really love it, but that's what we did. Well, I don't mind that he did it. I mind that we had to get to that point. I mind that you're in fourth down in that situation. I mind that you're not efficient with your offense in the first half. I mind that there are over 50 plays in this game, 
in which you really don't accomplish what you were trying to do. So it's, you know, this is, this is a coach loves this though. A coach does love this. Look where we're at. We can play this poor and that Southern Miss team's not terrible. They're not terrible. They're going to have a decent year. Mike said it in the post game. I think he's right. It's just that that's how far we are now in roster building and acquisition and retention that now Florida state can, for lack of a better term, screw around and kind of not play well for stretches at a time and still have oodles of success, overwhelming success. The kind of success that leads people to go, really, you're going to come on here and complain about a 66 to 13 win. No, no, it's not about a 66 to 13 win. It's about, I want to win the national championship. You get very few windows, very few windows of time where you have a team that can, and I think they might have one. Yeah, and when they play really well to start a game, it'll be the first time this season that they've done mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. If you're looking to define this as get your backups in, and we talked about that at the pregame show. And Indigo, they did. You know, that, that was a great atmosphere we had at the pregame on Saturday. A lot of awesome. people were out there fired up. I mean, the whole fan base showed out for this game big time. I know it wasn't technically a sellout, but town was nuts. I mean, driving around people Tallahassee are Friday. People excited about this team as we are and what their capabilities are. Right. And so we talked at length at Indigo. It's about getting your backups in. And Mike Morvell said today over 100 players participated more oh, than yeah, he's yeah, ever had in a game. It's crazy. Participate in his career as a head coach. The numbers so, are insane. If that's how you define success, yeah, rousing success. Good job, Knowles. If you're defining success as, let's look at the first half against LSU and come out the gates swinging a little bit better, more efficiently. Failure. You did not. You did not. And it's a short week, and I do think that matters. I really the do. context does matter. It matters, yes. and, and I know people roll their eyes at that, but you can look at through the ages. Anytime there's a short week, teams can often struggle to kind of get in gear. And, and I think – you know, where I get in some of the, my frustrations is they got to be able to run the ball more efficiently, period. They just have to be able to run the ball more efficiently. They have big plays. They have big moments. They've got star players. They got a lot of things going for them, but I sustained running game is not something that they've been able to accomplish in these first two weeks. There are moments where you see the misses uh, and it's again, they weren't completely healthy on the offensive line. There's reasons. There are reasons. Jordan hasn't been as good as he's capable of. That's for sure. I mean, there there are back foot throws or inaccurate throws. There are moments where he misses the guy. Plays succeeds, but he misses the guy that he was supposed to throw to. Makes the wrong choice at the line of scrimmage. We're seeing a lot of that right now from him. I find that fascinating. Um, Obviously, you know, the elephant in the room is Johnny Wilson. And they're going to need him to be great or at least good. And he's certainly capable of it. You know, I... (laughs) I've had this conversation and been uh, yelled at for it, but he is wildly inconsistent. And what I worry about is that at some point, does it affect him? Maybe not. Maybe not. The thing that I give him a lot of credit for and that he has proven time and again, so he deserves the benefit of the doubt here, is that when he has nights like that or just bad stretches of play where he drops, a couple of these were difficult catches, so I'm not going to, equate them, but a couple of them were not. When he has these kinds of games, you know, I've worried before coming out of those games, are we going to see a guy who's now domed up? Because I, a lot of, if you drop four to six passes in two games, depending on how hard you want to grade, you could say more. If that's true, a lot of people struggle because it begins to kind of rattle around in your brain about those drops and you start thinking instead of playing. And then we know what that turns into. And it's, it's a mess. He's never let that happen to his credit. 
He's had days where we're left wondering how it is he can make the incredible catches that he does and drop the easiest of passes, only to come back and be a force of nature and a catalyst for victory. He can be that. And I would never tell you that you don't want him on your team or in your starting lineup. You do. He's a matchup nightmare. Established, acknowledged, talked about thoroughly. He's also a guy that can be a drive killer, and if you're playing anybody who's any good, it could be problematic. And it's really interesting now to watch what happens with him because as he came off the field, Tom, this is the first time that I sensed overwhelming frustration. Standing alone by himself with the walk-ons, kind of hanging out over there, you know, that that is a looking inward sort of, I'm struggling with this or I'm frustrated by this or whatever it is. I mean, you got to hope it's not something that rears its ugly head as we go through this season because they will need him. They will need him to be good. Yeah, and also the body language from Jordan is the most outward it's ever been with his frustration. It's not like he's angry at the kid. He's just like, what do you want me to do? Like, that's the look on Jordan's face. What am I supposed to do? Keep throwing it your way? Like, that's the hard part. And then for on Jordan's side of it, look, you know, there were a couple throws early on that he missed in, in LSU. We attributed that to butterflies. I think that's only reasonable to assume. But the underthrow count is pretty high so far this season. I get it. I think in theory what he's doing is he's saying an underthrow is a 50-50 ball. We're going to win 50-50 balls. But there were a lot of them on Saturday. Consistent underthrows. The first time he overthrew somebody was the shot to Jaheim Bell over the middle up the seam, and that was open. Oh, it's wide open. Him. Yeah. But I thought, oh, okay, that's good. You could throw it past the guy. But a lot of these throws, guys are having to work back for. So he's not quite as sharp as he's been in camp. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's all I'm thing. saying, too. In camp, we have seen better from a lot of these guys than we've seen in the two whole games that we've watched. So and far. I want to reiterate over and over again, because I get it. I hear our conversation. I'm a guy driving down the road. I watch Florida State. I like Florida State. I want Florida State to win. My team just won 66 to 13. Coming off of a win on in prime time on national television over LSU was the top five team. And these two guys are on here complaining about what we're not doing. I hear it loud and clear. I get it. But again, I want to reiterate while you may think that's nitpicking, and it is to some degree, it certainly is, 66 to 13, we're nitpicking these things. It is nitpicking. But I think when you when you think about a team that you expect to maybe compete for and possibly win a national championship, then it's not. Because those things have to be cleaned up because you're not always going to be playing Southern Miss. And you're certainly not always going to be playing LSU's corners, who aren't very good. Uh, and if you hadn't seen better in camp, then you'd right. say, well, this is who they are, and great job, guys. But right. because of the potential that has been seen consistently, right? and you've got a big matchup in two weeks' time. I, I know that they're down right now, but that's a noon kick. It was announced just as we signed on today. Yeah, It's a noon kick at Clemson. That game's going to be on ABC. Really quite time. remarkable that that's a noon kick. Blame Clemson. I do blame Clemson, but come on, networks. I mean, It's look. a loaded slate that day. That's why. That's so frustrating. I mean, listen, I, it's good for us. Yeah, it's good. I think it's good for us to not be rolling in there in a night game as the singular focus and Clemson being able to build that thing into a frenzy and all of that fan wise. Sure. Uh, you, you almost get the sense that as we, when we travel now, yeah, in our minds, we're already skipping ahead because Boston college sucks. Everybody. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with Boston college this week. They barely held on to beat Holy cross. They probably didn't deserve to win the game. I'm not doing it there. That's a terrible team. The weather is the concern. That's the much bigger concern about whether they even play the game or if they have to move it or whatever they're going to do. But the point would be, and we certainly wish everybody well, I don't think it's going to be a storm that does too much damage, but it could be ugly on that day that we're supposed to play the game with winds in the 40 to 50 miles per hour. We got a problem on our yep. hands. Yeah. Then that's, then, then all of a sudden it certainly affects the total. Well, yeah, it does stop. I love where your head's at, but uh, I would just, 
I, again, in terms of a matchup, it, Boston College is going to be overwhelmed. Florida State should be 3-0 and without much of a problem. But you're gearing up now as you look around the conference. You're kind of gearing up for the rest of this slate. And you got this Clemson game out in front of you here that you know that that will be a pride game for Clemson. They're going to have to play hard. They have some dudes. So you're going to have to go take it from them is my point. Um you know, I think so far you can be, you can just say you're impressed. Uh, I was, I mentioned after week one, I thought Miami's offensive line had been greatly upgraded. I think that's the takeaway again here. They dominated Texas, Texas A&M's defensive line. That's not easy to do. Now, Texas A&M corners. Ooh, goodness gracious. I mean, we've got, we got, we got some problems up there and that's for Jimbo to figure out. But, I mean, I do think that Miami is appreciably better on the two lines of scrimmage than they were a year ago. And Van Dyke looked normal this week as opposed to previous week, last week. Uh, I thought Van Dyke missed a bunch of things the previous week, but he was very good in this game and set a Miami record and everything else. So I think that'll be a tougher game than we thought maybe before the season. Clearly Duke uh, is going to be a game that we're going to have to button our you know, chin straps for and play well. I mean, uh, it's hard to take anything away from Duke's lopsided winning against Lafayette, 42-7. to But they did what a good team does, dominate another team that, yeah. that, that doesn't yeah. have the manpower. So, um, you know, that that is good to see uh, for them. Uh, Pitt falls on their face at home to Cincinnati. All of a sudden you mm. think, oh, okay. It's a late rally, too. They were getting killed. Yeah. Uh, they lost 27-21. Uh, you know, Wake beat Vandy handily 36 to 20. I don't know what to make of Wake. They're 2 0 right now. Boston College, as I said, the next opponent just barely beat Holy Cross 31 to 28. Um, wow. I mean, that turned out to be a weird game. A lot of these things, Syracuse, by the way, 48 to 7 over Western Michigan. I don't know what Syracuse is just yet, but anyhow, so we'll, we, we'll continue to monitor these teams throughout the league because we look at our schedule and we wonder who's going to be the team, who who's going to rise up to give you the game that you're worried about right now. The, the you know, to me, the, 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 the easily identifiable one is the Miami game. That should be a good game. And it's a rivalry game and they can block, they can block. Yeah. Now, can I do this? And I know we got to go to break and there's so much today and it's two hours. We got to get to all these things. I like to look at all of college football. I want to touch on the NFL, but I want to focus on the Knowles as well. Obviously uh, we know what today is. Uh, and I remember as do you, and it's crazy to think, 22 years have passed. I, I start nuts. with that. That is hard to wrap my mind around on this date. Like so many other Americans, I always wake up and take the time to reflect uh, on nine 11. And uh, I know exactly what I was doing on nine 11. I was on the airwaves here in Tallahassee, Florida uh, with uh, Matt Millar. And uh, in years past, I've gone back and, and listened to that broadcast. Um, I always catch something new, um, but it's a somber endeavor, obviously on a somber day. And we always remember, uh, but so you, you, you've got a lot going on, and I'm well aware of it, and certainly we remember. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash 
all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. (laughs) Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The the nitpicky start and where, where we're looking at this team chasing perfection, this team chasing national championship dreams, and knowing that there are areas to improve and just noting what those are. Because you, you really can't I don't think uh, at this point sort of beat your chest for hammering Southern Miss. I mean, you got, you got to look for other things here. And what you do is you say, all right, well, they did this well, they did this poorly. This player needs to work on something. This player has got to get better or more consistent. This is looking good, but we got to get better here, here, and here before we play so-and-so like that. That's the conversation. That's how you have it. When you're chasing perfection, chasing national championship dreams, one thing I will say that unequivocally is a lot better and enjoyable to watch is the defense. And I framed the conversation around the defense before the season began with two fingers to my eyes, two fingers to you, Adam Fuller. I started there. Yes, I've been critical of Randy Shannon in other arenas, at least in terms of recruiting, et cetera. But we wanted to see how Patrick Sertan would help this secondary. We wanted to see with this team, with better personnel and a healthier group up front, have an opportunity to dominate, dominate facets of the game, give their offense more at bats, win the field position battle because they force three and outs, those kinds of things. And it has been a resounding yes. The defense is good. The defense is playing well. The defense has been more consistent than the offense. And uh, I think that I can say without batting an eye, I'm really pleased with the growth I'm seeing from the defense and the amount of guys that are playing the amount of guys that are playing well when they get their opportunity. It's not that big of a drop-off either. That's right. It's something. Some of these young defensive backs are going to be special. Uh, I I really am pleased with what we're seeing there. And, and, and during the pregame show, Tom, we talked a lot about in a game like this where you're 30-plus point favorites, if you do take care of business or you are able to overwhelm, you know, do you do you get to reap the benefits that all really strong programs and those building towards that strength that we alluded to in the past, the unfortunate rise of Clemson was the specific example that I gave. The the thing that was consistent with those programs and what they were able to accomplish and then what that carried over to the following year and the year after and the year after was playing a lot of guys, was getting a lot of people on the field because you're taking care of business and beating people down and the game's out of hand, and you can work on situational football. You can put guys in spots where you're not real sure. Let's see what he does here. How does he play this? 
offensively and defensively, Florida State was able to do that on Saturday night. And man, were they ever. I mean, basically everybody played. They had walk-ons in the game. They had second stringers, third stringers. They had they went all the way down the depth chart. You got meaningful snaps. I mean, a guy like Blake Nicholson, that dude played well. He played well. And he was everywhere. So you see the instincts. He's just not big enough yet. So you put some size on him, and you're going to feel really good about what he is. Early returns on his coverage ability are good. Good. Good, yeah, right? It's important for this day and age of college football. Absolutely. Right, right. So there were things that stood out in that situation where I thought, awesome. Um, this is this is a good thing. I mean, this is what you want to see. So they got everything they wanted from a rotational standpoint, the opportunity to play kids, to reward kids as well. And I think that's big. You know, I talked a lot about Kaziah Holmes. I think he's a good player. Well, what a night he had, right? And it was good to see him get those carries because he's a good football player and he's going to help you. They've got a lot of guys at receiver. I mean, how quickly did Hakeem Williams get in the game? And what a blocker he hey. is and a willingness to really bust your ass. You listen to the pregame show. You knew that was coming with the blocking effort. Yeah, it's fun to watch that. Um, so they've got – and you have to be able to – when you're building this program up and you're asking great players to come here from the high school ranks as well as in the transfer portal and try to make that marriage work, You've got to have games like this where you can get dudes into the game. The bottom line is nobody comes to a place to sit after working their ass off all week long. They want, they don't want to be a tackling dummy. They want to go out and play in games to showcase skills, to build towards something ultimately that they all dream of, which is being a big time collegiate football player that gets their chance to play professional football at a program like this. That's the bottom line. They got to be a good teammate about it. Not every game is going to afford you this opportunity. Not every game the ball is going to come your way. Just the matchup doesn't work out that way. So you got to be a good teammate about it. But when coaches have a chance to reward players for all of their hard work, and it's a lot, and the sacrifices off the field and all the things that come with playing big-time college football, got to do it. And they did. Man, did they ever. I was so pleased to see how frequently they were getting guys in this game early. Well, it's critical, too, for a group that was tired. You know, that's the, the context of the disappointment I'm willing to put on pause. It's like the same thing with the Adam Fuller question in the offseason. I was like, well, didn't have a defensive line to speak of last year, and we got rid of the secondary coach for a reason, so let's see if he has better ingredients that you see a better meal prepared, and that's what we get to eat as Florida State fans. And so far, that's been the case, but still, there are major tests to come for Adam Fuller and for the defense. But it's critical to get these other bodies in the game because this group looked tired on Thursday. That's the day I spent out there at practice. And, man, you could see it. That You know, the crash, the adrenaline crash, the physical crash. You play a game like that, you know it's an inverted season. It's almost a playoff game in its own right. And it was physical. I know that the score was, was lopsided, but we didn't pull away until the fourth quarter. It wasn't like you were getting a bunch of backups in against LSU for the oh, entirety correct, of the fourth correct, quarter. Correct, 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 yeah. I mean, it's even that 45th point, that's the first team offense that's out there. So the disjointedness of what they put out there on Saturday night, there is a qualifier that they were tired all week in practice. But you got them off the field early. They should be rested. They should be recuperated. And if nothing else this weekend against Boston College, what you're looking for is a clean start. Just to prove it to themselves. Let's well, not make this a talking point for the Clemson week. Come out, good clean start, and it's not even a, a question from a national media member before you play Clemson in two weeks. Hard part is I just don't know with this weather where you're going to be able to get to do that. It may be a one-dimensional game, and yeah. that's really unfortunate because I think the first thing you want to do is throw the ball to Johnny Wilson. 
I think the very first play or the second play, Maybe certainly handed off to him. Certainly in the first series of the game, you want to throw the ball to Johnny Wilson. About an end around. Let's get him rolling. Let's get him going. You know, before we officially announce this as a major problem, let's just see if he's done what he's always done, which is bounce back from these poor performances to be a huge contributor. It's the most difficult task is to sit here and note, and I did it from day one, that a freak of nature is on your campus and he's going to help you win games because he has a matchup nightmare while politely pointing out he can't catch a lick. So it is always difficult to have that conversation without being too one-sided one way or the other. You can completely ignore the fact that he drops routine passes on the regular and only point to the advantage he gives you because of the size and the strength and the speed for that size. Or you could, maybe some have accused me of this, incessantly point out that he struggles to catch the damn football on the regular and ignore the huge advantage that he gives you offensively because of all the physical attributes just described as a golfer. It just looks like the shanks to me, you know, it's, it's in his system. Well, right it's now. not good. And, and he's got to work it out because I thought for the bulk of camp, it was not an issue. It wasn't the final I week agree. of camp or so it started to creep in there, but I can't figure that out, but it's always been his MO and apparently it's always been his MO going back to high school. So it's one of those things where you say, all right, well it comes and goes, it ebbs and flows. In some ways it's even more remarkable that it has never hindered him for very long because, yeah. you know, you, you used the golf analogy a moment ago, and we love to because we've golfed together all the time, and we love the sport. But you can see when the shanks are getting in somebody's system, even your own, you can feel it. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, why did that happen? Yeah, oh, and it's a terrible feeling. Yeah. And and I hate it. If you like the person you're playing with and you see them going through it, it's the worst feeling. You're like, oh, man, I, there's nothing I can say about this. He's got he's to figure this out. It's Yeah. And then it's nothing you can do. And then what, what you do is you let him hit the top shot or the – Yep. You know, duck hook or whatever it's going to be, and then you just, the you chip just, yips. You know, that's yep. a thing. And you just, you just, you don't say anything. You're Grab like, the putter. It's on to the next hole. I, I mean, you know, we just. That's a toughie. I'm going to pretend I see that. <laughs> I get what you're trying to do with the leading edge. Grab the putter. <laughs> but the problem is here, my man. There is no putter. There's to grab. no putter to grab. No putter to grab. Got to catch the ball, and. uh you know, I, it's it. I, I, you know, the kid, the kid, matters greatly to the long-term success of this season, this program. You know, I and and yeah, obviously, individually, he seems like a good enough dude. I don't really know any of these guys that much to to vouch for him, but he seems like a nice guy. And every time we've talked to him, I've enjoyed it. But it's not like you're not cultivating options behind him. It's not gotten to this critical mass place yet. I'm I'm on the Johnny Wilson side always because I think of the details of the game. He's he helps you win. There are Wait. some guys when they fail, you're like, well, you know what? Sink or swim, pal. Yeah, because they don't do the other things. Right. Right. He does right. all the other things. It's 100% correct. He does. He's easily likable. But Darion has had a good start to his season. Really happy for Darion. And we should mention that, mm -hmm. by the way. There's a guy that's dealt with a ton of injuries. He's always had talent. He's just never out there. And so now there you go. There you, that was a good catch. Hakeem Williams is coming along. He likes to block. Well, there are a lot of dudes here, man. No, yeah. let's let's not get it twisted. We have guys now. If this is to be a problem, right? You've got some other options. There are seasons in which you say, "Well, who am I going to go with instead?" This is not one of those years. You do have other options if it does persist. Like, let's say that you know it's a fifty percent drop rate, <laughs> three <laughs> drops and three catches on Saturday at Boston College. Windy, it's windy. But then if there's a drop early against Clemson. What do you do? I mean, you have to be prepared for this contingency. It's a wide open third down drop 
first opportunity at Clemson. I might be looking at Darion. I'm sorry, Johnny. We're going to get it together. We got a bye week to work on this. But there is a point at which in a game, it's going to be in the balance, and, it's and a really you're going to have to it, make a decision. It, if he doesn't it rectify be, it, it would be a very difficult decision because they know how dominant he can be and how much they need him. But at the same time, yes, you can see the quarterback got a little frustrated this time around, and I would be too at some point. Like, my man, my man. I mean, how many more yards? Uh, we yes. talk about Jordan. We talk about Jordan and his inconsistencies against what we've seen in camp and the, and the expectation of what the players to be. How many more yards would Jordan have this season without drops? Let's say he had two drops well, total in the first been all two weeks. Johnny. I mean, Bell dropped a couple so far I mean, this all year. All the 50-50 balls yeah. this weekend did yeah. not seem. Now, we did talk about that. Southern Miss secondary, they're very good in those situations. Yeah. But, you know, 50-50 balls mean you should win about half of them. So my man, Lakewood High School, Deuce fan, coming uh-huh. on strong. Come on, Deuce. Very nice catch. Yes. Very yes. nice. That was a missile he caught. All right. All right, Deuce. And he's got wheels for days. It is how sudden he is. Also, I want to point this out because I dogged him for it the first week, but Keon getting more involved in the blocking game, too. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then the freak of nature play on the sideline. Well, that's going to happen. That Dude, I feel so bad for people. Like, that poor kid. He's got to feel like a fool, but he's going to have photo? that done. He's going to, ha- yeah, he's so, going to have that done. I mean, Keon's going to do that to a lot of people. Like at live speed, you get a sense for how high it is, but our photographer, Bob Myers, this weekend caught the shot. We used it on the postgame show. I'll get it for the overlay so the people on the on the channel could see it. It's absurd. It's He's higher in the air than you think. Oh, he's. When you look at that photo. Yeah, he's a freak of an athlete. That's why he was on Michigan State's basketball team. He's really good. It's, um, you know, he's your best receiver. It's really not close. And the other part about that is uh, he looks like a first-round draft pick. So it's a nice option. It's going to work for you there if you got a first-round guy. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, guys, our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because, I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins, and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick, and easy to remember, so I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out, and I will tell you this, too. It is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. The defender, the Southern Miss, defensive back. My favorite part is uh, in that picture, both P-Dub and Snoop watching on intently, watching in the background that dude with the glasses and the hat in awe. That guy's like, Whoa. That guy has the nervous look. Like, hmm? That just happened? Look at this kid. But that is a grown-ass man. Strong, athletic, dominant. Good start to his brief FSU career. He is uh, he is something. By the way, Redemption Thursday, five and five. Five and five this week, and I think it was four and six last week. We're off to a slow start. 
Not terrible, just not great. We'll tell you my prop bet all day, every day in the NFL, baby. I had Tutu Atwell over 29 yards receiving. He had over 100. I had uh, Calvin Ridley over 60 yards receiving. He had well over 100. Uh, ended up uh, alternate line Atlanta. Minus four and a half. Got back over there. They kind of made me nervous there for a while. My three-team money line parlay came in barely. I had Atlanta. Jacksonville and Washington, mm. all three one on the line. That's three team parlay victory, is what that is. So we cashed out on Sunday, baby. Yeah, I uh, did a lot better on Saturday, very well on Saturday. Not so hot on Sunday. I had a five way parlay. I just mm. want to get crazy in mm. week one. Mm. And the Vikings. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> you win. The Vikings did fail you. And then I had a, a Godwin prop, and he did not get his over. Did you see how much we missed that? Mm-hmm. Uh, four yards. Yep. Oh, I know. Four yards. I know. That's because Baker Mayfield sucks. But my wife and I had the same expression. She's a Vikings fan. We yeah. had the same expression when the game was over. Yeah. 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 yeah the, the Vikings have some issues. Um, Go Buck. Yeah. Got no. that win. Yeah, our defense is going to be good. It'll be good. And then screw around. We're going to go eight and nine because of this defense. And what does that do you? Winfield. Nothing. He was a man. He was a grown ass man, and that defensive line wasn't having it either. Mm-hmm. By the way, our linebackers were awesome yesterday. Devin White was a freak. Yep. yep. He looked like the old Devin White getting to the flats and hurting people. Contract here. That's why. <laughs> oh, buddy. Super Bowl. We're <laughs> <laughs> just going to win all games 20 to 17, oh, 17 to 10. Man. Well, the Vikings screwed up in the first half. They should have been crouching us, and they couldn't put it in the end zone. Their presence by sitting this. They got their own issues. Like, Great. How'd you like to be a Giants fan right about now? Get geared up for that <laughs> Sunday night contest, feeling good. So I played uh, Anthony Richardson yesterday with Pack because I was a little worried. I played Anthony Richardson anytime touchdown. Oh, there you go. Cashed it on in, baby. <laughs> Sunday was good. For Player pop all day. So I, I actually made the right call, though, because even though Dallas went left and right, a lot of them were non traditional yeah. points. Yeah. Pollard had a run. That can do a damn thing. Tony Rich was the right play. It was an okay day. Yeah, he wasn't good. He uh, averaged, I think, four point four yards per play, but uh, per pass play. Right, but right. but he ran yeah. around and scored a touchdown for you. And, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime. If he doesn't uh, learn to slide, he's going to be dead in about two weeks. I watched that game because I had money involved in it, and uh, he got killed running around. At one point, he got up gingerly, and you could see people were like, "Hey, man, these dudes are for mm. real up here. This is not what you do." So, uh, no judgment. Did you make it all the way to the end of our football game? You the watched, game? No, no. The, uh, oh, yeah. Seminoles. Yeah, yeah. Triple zeros, yeah, yeah. even though it was 12-15. Yeah. 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 No I'm judgment. Not. If you said, I'll watch the rest tomorrow. No, I stayed up to watch Oklahoma State and Arizona State because I had money on that. And Oklahoma State got that win, baby, given the three and a half. Boom. I stayed up very late. Of course, I'm locked in, but we launched the postgame show early. Like, this, this, this is ridiculous. ridiculous. I was wondering why you guys were doing it. I admire it. It's uh, amazing. Uh, but yeah, no, I, the areas that, uh, no, this is a good gambling weekend. This is a good gambling weekend. I had a lot of fun. It was going to be back into it. Real quick on that Cowboys game. You know, the Giants are now 0 8 for Dallas and Philadelphia dating back to December of 2021. 0 8? Oh. Did you know that? Your season is 0 8. Your season's never over after week one, but it feels like the Giants' season is over after week one. They ball get them going. They'll play better. And I think we got Arizona next. They'll win that game. Um, Philly New England game was weird. 
it felt like that game was mostly played in Philadelphia's red zone. Like, New England probably should have won the game if they hadn't had a terrible start. Bizarre. By the way, got a guess. Got a curiosity. Right. What is New England's record since Tom Brady left? Remember the great debate, Nobel yeah, checker Tom yeah. Brady? Like, How many games did they play? We, we do that much? I can do the they, math played right? over, they played over 50. Over 50 games. So, they played 52 games. 52. 24 and 28. 25 and 27. They're 25 and 27 since Brady left. Mm. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sample size. It is. <laughs> it is. Pretty average, you might say. That is Slightly a sample below average. Size. By the way, the home teams on Sunday, I've been telling my mom whenever we get debate you know, over these things because she gets a bit like college. And she's always thinking about, oh, well, they are on the road. It doesn't matter. Home teams in the afternoon, late afternoon, in the evening window went 0-6. There's a whole bunch of nobody winning at home at all. At all. It was uh, not a great not a great product on the field yesterday. I know you had money. Like the Miami game. Miami Chargers game, Los Angeles. Fun game. I knew that would be a great game. It's been it's a low for a long period of time in which how many quarterbacks have over 250 yards is five. Yeah, you know, the part of the problem is two, two issues that went into yesterday. Nobody plays preseason games correct. Correct. And then the weather was also so yes, the under won the day and it continues to win the day as we'll subtract it. He's eight and one to the under in the early games. Eight and one. You just bet all unders and that's good. I bet all unders so you kind of eight and one. I've got a friend who only bets overs. So I, mean, yeah, I need to check on them. The public only bets overs. They love overs. They love totals. Over. They all do that always. They love favorites and over. Tell them that. By the way, Lamar Jackson looked terrible yesterday. Tannehill's done playing football. They're going to have to get him on the bench and just take one of those guys you've drafted over the last two drafts and throw him out there and let's see if he can play. Because mm. I think Tannehill's shot. Looks awful. Good for him. He's been around for 10-odd years now. You know who sucked and who almost cost me my three-team parlay? Old Howell with Washington. Mm. Oh, I got so tired of Troy Aikman telling us all, you know, Howell can play. Get the hell out of here. He wasn't even good in college. Stop it. Stop it. Was that like a preview with Troy? Oh, in the preseason. He's like, everybody sleeps on Howell, but I think he's really good. I think he's going to be one of the better starters in the – I was going to say, because tonight it's, it's Buck and Aikman. Back. <laughs> Get out of here. The Broncos have lost seven in a row to the Raiders. Seven in a row to the Raiders. They're our travels. That'll hurt mm. your feelings. And their savior, Sean Payton, decides to kick an onside kick the first play of the game. They don't get it. Raiders go down and score. There's your game. How do you feel about the onside kick on Saturday night? Clearly, he saw something. Is I it mean, gimmicky? Is it? It's uh, not gimmicky. Mickey he saw Mouse? No, I, I, I don't have a problem with it. What was it, 14 to nothing at the time? I don't have a problem with it because clearly they saw something and said, these guys leave early. If they're yeah. going to leave early and back, you got to do it. You got to do it. It's not 52 to nothing and you do it. It's 14. I think that's right. It's right on the heels of going for it for all those fourth downs. I don't know. Oh, I don't I know got, how I feel about well, this. Well, I, I think if you want to call it gimmicky, it's the fourth down stuff to some degree, uh, but not the – no, the onsides is fine. I think if you're a special teams coach, if you're Papuchas and you're watching film, and you see that they give it away. They give up the line of scrimmage and leave early. Coaches see that all the time. You circle that, and you that's your job. You bring it to the coach and say, look, they're guilty of this. We, we could pull this and get this. First half. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Okay. 
So I could see it both ways. The fourth down decisions, the places on the field, like you're not going to do, you're not simulating for Clemson. You're not simulating for a playoff game in which you're just going to disregard down and distance. But you would absolutely kick it on sides if Clemson special teams unit did that. Yeah, you would. I'm just saying, is is that uh, a really good move to keep a team engaged by a head coach who's playing psychological warfare with his team on a short week? Or is it immaturity? Just punt the ball. Punt the ball, dude. Fourth and 10. The, or kick the ball. It's a it's a forty some odd yard field goal. Give Fitzy a look and let's see what we got here. Yeah, the uh, I don't have a problem on the short ones. Oh, the one at the thirty something yard line, I'm going to go for it. Was fourth and three. Yeah, yeah the I'm ones near midfield are the ones. Yeah, yeah, the one the fourth and three, really? thirty eight. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, but I'm yeah. By the way, coaches in the NFL on new teams went zero and five over the weekend. Mm. Still waiting for that cigar. Still grand opening. <laughs> it's a good game tonight, though. A lot of times these week one Monday nighters are terrible. This They got a good one tonight. Well, this will be an interesting night to see everybody's emotions and how, I mean, you're in New York, 9-11. It's a, it will be interesting to watch um, the pregame for this in terms of the players, the stuff on the field. I, I know they can overdo things sometimes, yeah. and the NFL has always done that. Please don't show Ed. Will you show the fire department on the field, you please? You show the actual firemen. Not, yeah, Real people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that is, that is true. Um, but, again, the game itself is going to be should be fantastic. I think it's it's a great slate for us tonight and can sit back. I've got I told you this last week. Now once football has washed upon us, if it's not on on a given night, I'm like like a crack addict. I'm over here just grabbing my wrists and stuff and like, come on, man, don't we have some kind of game on? Hour number two, fourth coming, stay with. Mm-hmm. 